Hey, Vision family, I want to welcome you to this edition of the Vision Church podcast. Last Sunday, we talked about the goodness of God. You remember when Moses was on the mountain and he said, Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I'm going to, ma- I'm going to make all of my goodness pass before you. Man, the goodness of God is the glory of God. And so I think you're going to enjoy this podcast. So check it out. Get your Bible and set your heart to hear from heaven. Let's go. Amen. You can be seated this morning. And then if you would, I'd like for you to take your Bible. Take your Bible, open up to the book of Exodus. Like I said, we're going to talk about the goodness of God this morning. But guess what? You're going to help me preach this morning. No, I mean, actually, you're going to help me preach. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Um, not last week, but the week before, I was, in, I was just in prayer in my room. And I was just, I like to get in my, my closet and just really seek God. And I was, I was seeking, thank you guys. Man, I love our worship team. They are so sensitive to the Spirit of God. I'm so thankful to have musicians that are anointed, man. Anyway, and so I was in my room and I was crying out to God because there's been some things that have been on my heart. I'm not about just doing church as normal, you know? I mean, you go to every church and you're gonna see music, you're gonna see a message, you're gonna see a time where we bring our gifts before God and present them. Um, But the number one thing to me that I wanna see in our services is the presence of God that's here because it sets free, it delivers, it ministers to people, it speaks to hearts, you know, because Phil doesn't have much to say, but God has everything to say. And it's more important that he talks than that I talk, right? So I was in prayer and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and he said, I want you to go to um, Florence, Kentucky, that's in the Cincinnati, Ohio, just across the river from Cincinnati, Ohio area. Um, And I want you to spend three days with Pastor Cletty Keith. I said, okay, God. Now, if you don't know Pastor Cletty Keith, it's okay. Um, But this guy is a general in the faith. Man, I mean, this, I'm telling you, no, this dude comes up and he pokes you in the chest and 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 he gives you a word from heaven, man. And you're just going, dear God, how did you know that? <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of guy that Pastor Clayton Keith is. And uh, he's, he's an awesome guy. In fact, I was listening to Bill Johnson preach a message just recently. It was like, I think a couple of Sundays ago. And he, and he referenced Clayton Keith. He said, Clayton Keith said once. And I went, what? Clayton Keith, man. Anyway, I love Clayton Keith. Anyway, so I went out. And I, I, well, I called him on the phone. I said, I said, Pastor Clady, this is Phil. And, and I was in prayer. Holy Spirit told me I need to come and spend a few days with you. I don't know if you have time in your calendar. Could you let me know if that's going to work? He called me back and he said, that'd be great, Phil. He's got this deep, raspy, love his voice. That'd be great, Phil. He said, you come on out and we'll make room for you. That's glory to God. All right, I'll be there on Tuesday. And so I drove out. It's a 10-hour drive. And you know what, though? To be willing, though, to get something you've never had, you've got to be willing to do the hard things, right? Because sometimes God doesn't just send you next door. Sometimes God sends you to Cincinnati, Ohio, you know? So I went, to, I went there. I got there on Tuesday, and I had no idea that the Lord was going to... Um, <clears throat> uh, Pastor Clady does a TV show on Wednesday night. So I said, come on, Phil, you're going to be on the TV show with us. 
I, I didn't come here to be on the TV show. I came here to hear from heaven, you know, because I've got something on my heart that I need to hear. I, I came here to get, and I don't, I'm not sure it's on a TV show. You know what I mean? So he has me share on the TV show. And then he said, Phil, God didn't only call you here to hear from heaven. He called you here to minister and to, and to give us what you have. Yes, sir. And when Pastor Cletty tells you to do something, man, you do it, you know? And so I was on the TV show and then they have service on Friday night. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. Friday night having service. And I, 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 we, had tra- we have traveled. My wife and I, when we, were with, uh, when we were traveling in ministry, we were in a different church every Sunday for five years. So I don't, I don't think that equates to thousands, but it does equate to hundreds of churches that we were in, literally, all across the nation. And I can count um, on one hand the churches that I was in that I really sensed the presence of God. I don't know why, but for me, I, you know, I, when I sit in a service, I, I, I'm looking for the presence of God and we have people that come in here, especially sometimes new people, and sometimes they'll come in and, and they'll sit in service and they'll have tears in their eyes and they'll start crying and they'll cry the entire service. And they'll wonder, what is this? It's the fire of the Holy Spirit. It is. And I had that at Pastor Clady's church. I'd never been in a service. He said, come on. He said, if you want, you can come to my Bible study. At that time, they had a Bible study on Wednesday night, and I walked in there, and it was like, And what happens is when people take the time to get in the presence of God, his presence, he inhabits the praises of his people. Okay, praise is not only music. I mean, praise is just thanking God, loving, loving on God, and it inhabits. And so when you walk into that room, you can sense his presence in there. And so anyway, so they're having service on a Friday night and Pastor Clady said, you're preaching. I thought, oh dear God, I've been in your service. I've been in his services and they scared me. I don't feel qualified. I feel like somebody else who really has the anointing, really walks in the anointing needs to do this service, you know? And I was like, so anyway, so we're going to put it on our website so you guys can see both of those. Just see the Wednesday night, see the uh, see the, the Sunday night or the Friday night, excuse me, service. And so anyway, so Friday night service rolls around, right? And, and worship uh, music is going on. No, are you waving at me? Worship music is going on. That was for somebody else. So I, I can't see way back there. So worship is going on or the music is going on and I'm just standing there like I was this morning and I'm just, man, I'm just worshiping God, just honoring God, just, man, got my hands in the air, just praising God. Well, this man that I've never seen, you know, I, I saw him in the prayer room, but I don't know him. He came up to me and he said, he said, he puts his hand on my shoulder. He said, I know this is going to be really weird, but Pastor Cletty asked me to hold your hand. And I thought, you're right. This is going to be really weird. And so I said, well, if Pastor Cletty said it, though, I'm doing it, man, because you don't know. I mean, everything this guy has said has come to pass. That, that's different, okay? I mean, that, man, that's somebody who walks in the, you know, I am, I, am, I am doing everything I can to get him to come here and preach, because you guys need to hear Pastor Cletty, man, change your life. Anyway, so I said, okay. And so he holds my hand. 
So here I am, I'm, I'm holding this hand and I'm trying to act like this isn't awkward because this is totally awkward. I'm holding this guy's hand and I say, God, I don't know what you're doing. I, you know, because how many of you know, sometimes God, sometimes God wants you to come to a place where you, you um, posture yourself to hear from him and you have one idea that you think you're gonna hear, but sometimes God's got something totally different that he wants to give you. Because I found that God is not so much interested in just answering your question as he is in you hearing and seeing a process. You know, like me as a dad, when I speak to my kids, something when they were younger, okay, I don't do it so much now because they're not as much, you know, the life lessons, they don't need them as much now, you know, because they've had them all along. But, I, but sometimes, I, you know, I want to speak to my kids, but I don't just want to answer their question. I want to give them a life lesson that will help explain not just the answer, but when they were younger. I don't do it as much now because they go, dad, I just need, a, I need an answer without the life lesson today. You know, because, you know, when they get to 24, 25, and they're not looking for me to be dad as much as answer my question. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Because I've had to transition in, in my parenting. Okay, so back, back, I'm back. I'm holding this guy's hand. So I'm going, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but praise God. And I had come to Florence, Kentucky to be with Pastor Cletty because I needed to hear, I needed an answer to a question. And so I'm holding this guy's hand. And it was awkwardly long. But, he, but he, he was hearing from God, though. And when he heard from God, I could tell, because he turned to me, he quit holding my hand, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said this, he said, this means nothing to me, but God said the question that you have is gonna get answered tonight. And then he left. And I just went, you know, I'm telling you, I've been a soggy mess all week, man. I've been a wreck all week long. I've just been, you know, wow. God has just been, anyway. So, so I get up to speak and I'm thinking, is the answer in, in, the, in the communion, is the answer gonna be in, in Pastor Clady just turning to me and saying, Phil, this is your answer. And all week long, leading up to Friday night, this is my final night there. I got there on, I got there on, on actually Wednesday morning. I stayed in Louisville, Kentucky on Tuesday and then drove up Wednesday morning. And so, so here it is Friday and I haven't heard the answer. And Pastor Clady has t- been telling me all week long, have you got the answer yet? Did you get the answer? He would call me early in the morning. Phil, God, what's God saying? And I, I answered him one time. And I actually gave him something that, that I got out of a message that morning. I was studying and I was listening to this message. And a man, I heard this word that just impacted me. And, and, and I gave that to him. And he said, that's not it. Thank God for people that'll be honest with you, you know, just the raw honesty. I, I'm riding around with this guy, and literally, I'd hear people call him, and, and, and I'd hear how he talked to people, and I thought, wow, how, man, how do you get away with that? Because <laughs> I feel like if I said that, but see, that's the problem, yeah. is sometimes God needs us to step up and just speak. 
what he puts in our heart. Not sometimes, all the time. Did I say sometimes? All the time. And so anyway, so, so he said, that's not it. And so now it's Friday night. I preach, man, and, and when I get done preaching, I give an altar call, and I think, I mean, there was probably, I'd say, six, 700 people there. And, and about, a, about 100, 150 of them came forward, filling up the auditorium. And, and Pastor Cletty is going around praying for people. I mean, he's pointing them on their chest. He's picking up their hand, putting it on their own forehead, and just smacking them with it. And, but no, I mean, literally. And, and you see them falling down. But the interesting thing that Pastor Cletty's doing is he has a specific word for every person because he kept the mic the whole time. He said, you're a worship leader, but you're looking to your worship to please God when you need to be pleasing God without your worship. You need, you need <laughs> I mean, I, he's just giving these words from heaven and I'm just going, man, Lord, I'm just basking in what I'm seeing. But he looks over at me and I'm standing there. And he doesn't come and give me a word. I'm like, so when am I going to hear this life-changing word? When, God, are you going to speak to me through him? When is it coming? I need it, God. I need to hear from heaven. Nothing. So it's over. Service ends at 10 o'clock at night. Praise God. Ah, you guys got it easy, man, because, you know, we got to be out of here by a certain time so we can get broke down. And anyway, uh, yeah, get ready. Glory to God. So anyway, so Pastor Cletty, uh, he wraps everything up and then he looks at me and he points at me and he goes like this, come on. And he takes me back to the green room and he sits down on the couch and he said, man, Phil, that was a timely word. He said, we needed that. Our people needed that. I said, glory to God, Pastor Clady. And I'm just looking at him with longing. You have something I need. You know? And he said, I feel like this week, I feel like you're going to go back and you're going to preach in a way that you never preached before. He said, you're going to preach the same message, but you're going to have greater results. God's going to bring greater results. And I said, man, I received that. But that wasn't the word. And I just keep looking at him. And he said, well... Thanks for coming. Give me a hug. I'm going to let you go so that you can get back to the hotel. I know you're leaving early in the morning. So now I feel like I'm being kicked out. And I, so I give him a hug and I said, I love you, Pastor Cletty. Thank you. And I said, oh, by the way, I said, could you just pray for me? I meant to have you pray for me. And somebody's waiting for him. He's the guy's behind me at the door. And, and they had donated a whole bunch of brand new carpet for their kids' church area. Whole man, brand new, the nice, really nice carpet squares. And so I knew he had to leave. And I said, you know, could you pray for me real quick? And he goes, yeah, come here, sit down. And man, he prays this really short, to the point prayer, because I need you to go so that I can finish this. But let me tell you, Pastor Cletty doesn't do anything haphazardly. The Spirit of God spoke, gave me the answer in that little prayer he prayed. And then he got up and he left. And there I am, just going, wow. So I went, got in the truck, went back to the hotel. 
That's the goodness of God. It's him speaking to you. And, and he doesn't always answer. You notice Jesus would get asked questions and he wouldn't answer the question. But he would do something else. Jesus had some weird ways that he did ministry, you know? I mean, healed the blind man, spits in the dirt, makes mud, stuffs it in his eyes and says, go wash. That seems odd. But if it, if it made sense, we could figure it out. If it was a systematic formula, there's no goodness in that. It's robotic. You know? So anyway, you got your Bible. Open your Bible. That was for somebody. Exodus 33. The goodness of God. I want to read a couple of scriptures, so I'm going to have you turn to a couple of places uh, today, okay? And then we'll get, we'll get to, what, to, to where I was telling you I wanted to go. Exodus 33, 18. Moses is so hungry for God. Do you guys know what it's like to be at a place where you're so hungry for God? You want to see his glory. So this is where Moses is at. Moses is saying, I want to see your glory. More than anything, I want to see your glory. Please show me your glory. And in verse 19, God said, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. I want to see your glory, God. I will, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. The glory of God was the manifested goodness of God. Do you see that? The manifested goodness. When my mom was in the hospital and we were touch and go, she had had a massive heart attack and she was in the hospital and uh, we had just gotten the report that she had a strong heartbeat in her foot, but we were nowhere near being out of the woods. I mean, this was like a couple of days after she had been put in the hospital. It was Wednesday night. We decided to go to church. My sister stayed at the hospital, and my dad, Nicole, myself, our kids, we went to church that night, and I remember the band was playing, and they were singing a song, and the refrain was, I want to see your glory. 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 I want to see, that was the court refrain over and over and over. And I, I, I was just meditating on those lyrics. I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. And the Holy Spirit talked to me and he said, he said, Phil, you're seeing my glory. I am. He said, you're missing my glory. Well, Enlighten me, Holy Spirit. I am open. <laughs> Teach me, <laughs> please. And, and, and he said, your mom, she made it through the night. They didn't think she was going to make it through the night. She had a strong heartbeat the next morning, and that was important. That was the first manifestation of her full healing. He said, you're seeing my glory. God's healing power, what you witnessed this morning and Lisa when we prayed with her and she saw a manifestation of her healing, that's the goodness of God. The manifestation of the healing and the other people that came forward, that's the goodness of God. The goodness of God, that's the glory of God, the manifestation of his goodness. So let's look at another verse, turn over to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse five 
says, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. I love how Moses spent time with God and his face became radiant. You remember that. And then this poor man cried out, the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. Thank God that we can cry out to him and he will come and save us out of troubles. And the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and he delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? The Lord is good. The goodness of of God. Let me tell you something. When you go to when you go to a restaurant, when I first tasted the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, I had a revelation. And and you know what? When you find something on the menu that you really like, what do you want to order when you come back to that restaurant? The good thing that's on the menu. Your favorite on the menu. The goodness of God. See, once you discover the best thing on the menu, you order it every time. Amen. Let's go to another verse. Psalm 119, verse 68. Look at that. Psalm 119, verse 68 says, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. God is not only good, he does good. In Acts 10, verse 38, it says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing what? Doing good. When you look up that word good, it means to be philanthropic. It means you're rich toward other people. Philanthropic. I still wasn't much better. And healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now, here's another one in Nahum chapter one. I'll just read it to you because I don't know how many of you go to Nahum on a regular basis. It might be hard to find. Nahum one, verse seven says, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. A stronghold is another room for a sa- another word for safe room. Safe room. You know, Nicole and I, we get to close on a home tomorrow. Glory to God. We're so excited to be closing. Yeah. It's been a long process. But in this house, our realtor was so surprised because it it checked all the boxes, which when I gave him our list of things that we wanted in a house, he said, I don't see how we're going to get all that. Yeah. And uh, so... Um, in fact, the home that he showed Nicole before that, you pulled up into the driveway and shook your head no, right? And you guys just left. They didn't even go in the house. And he said, I love your wife because she knows what she wants. <laughs> he likes her. Oh, it's love. He, he said, I really liked working with your wife because, you know, because of that fact. He said, in fact, when she pulled into the driveway of the home that we're closing on tomorrow, she hadn't even gone inside and she said, write the contract. And he said, well, I think you probably want to see some things. He said, and it just got better. Everything we looked at, she said, yeah, write the contract. And when we were writing the contract, there was somebody writing a contract right behind us. And somebody had seen it right in front of us. I mean, it's a crazy market, but man, when you got God working. But here's one of the things. This was, a, this was an, adi- an additional thing that we didn't ask for, but it's a blessing is in the garage, the, the sellers installed a safe room. I'd only seen them at I'd only seen them at like Home Depot or Lowe's or something and I walked in and I went, "Oh, there's a 
safe room. Well, let me tell you what a safe room is for. You probably already know it's a fortified room that provides safety, shelter for a hiding place for the inhabitants in in the event of a break-in, home invasion, tornado, terror attack, or other threat. Let me tell you, God is our safe room. His goodness is your safe room. Mm, The goodness of God. Thank you. Let me read a couple of other verses, and then then I want to show you a couple things, and then I'm going to get you to testify. Psalm 136, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. First Chronicles 16, 34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Psalm 107, 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Guess what? For his mercy. Are you seeing a theme here? You seeing a theme? Let me tell you, and let me make a statement. The cornerstone of theology is the goodness of God. That's the cornerstone of theology. Why? Because some people think that God, well, he's, you know, he's good over here, but sometimes, mm-mm. God is good all the time. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we find out how he was yesterday, then we can rest assured that that's how he is today. Right? Right? So I'm going to read a couple other scriptures um, to verify that because this is an important one in James chapter 1. Let me read to you verse 17. It says, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the fathers of light, father of lights. So the good gift, the perfect gift comes from God. And then it says, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So there is no other, there is not any other variation of God. He's not good on this side, but then manipulative over here. Because some, think, some people think that he manipulates evil to work to your benefit. No, th- we have reduced the gospel to that. And we shouldn't, because what it causes you to do is you think God may be good over here, but he may not be good over here. And if we have that theology, then how are we going to be able to stand in faith to believe for here? It's difficult for a person to have, a faith, have faith to believe for their children. For instance, I, when, while I was in Florence, got together with a, with a young man that he and I really connected when we were there before, um, you know, in a friendship. And, and he's married now. He has two young kids. And he said, and, you know, he called me at one point and said, man, I, you know, I've already bought a shotgun because he has two girls, two little girls. And he said, and I'm already anticipating the boys you know, coming and already knocking on my door. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, yeah, definitely buy a shotgun because you want one, but not for that reason, okay? (laughs) I said, said, listen, your girls are gonna be raised in such a way that they're not gonna bring that trash home. They're gonna know the kind of man that dad has taught them that their heavenly father says, this is the kind of man that you want. This is the kind of man that you're gonna bring home to your mom and your dad, and he's gonna be a man of character, a man whose heart is after me. Amen, amen. All right, and let me read to you another scripture. In Matthew chapter eight, this answers the God's will question. Some people that I talk to, they question God's will. They're, they're continually questioning. Well, I don't know if that's God's will, and I'm not sure you know, if that maybe might have been his will over here, but that may not be his will today. And I know there's a variation of, of different things that we could be talking about. Let's talk about healing for a second. 
Okay, because in Matthew chapter 8, verse 2 and, 2 and 3, there was a leper that came to Jesus. And this leper uh, was in bad shape. He had, he had the disease. Leprosy was very contagious. You know, they would stand way. I mean, you think about six-foot distancing. We're talking 30-foot distance. They would stand off way off in the distance. They weren't able to come around society because of how susceptible it was. And so he came to Jesus from a distance and said, Lord, well, actually, he was close, sorry. He came to Jesus and he said, Lord, look at it. In Matthew 8, 2 and 3, he came to Jesus. He said, Lord, if you were willing, you can make me clean. So notice that he knows that Jesus can make him clean. The question is never God's ability. His ability is there. But notice his question was, if, if you were willing. Are you willing? Jesus reached out and he touched him. He said, I am willing. Man, this is, these three words are three words that you need to highlight, circle, put brackets around, take it, write it on another sheet of paper, tape it to your mirror if you have to. I am willing. He said, I am willing. And he said, be cleansed. You know what happened? The Bible says, it goes on to say that he was immediately cleansed of his leprosy. His life changed at that moment. I believe that one of the reasons that we're not seeing the results in the church that, that, we, that they did in the past is because those signs and those wonders have been less and less. See, in order for us to have external revival, we have to have an internal revival first. It's an internal revival of the heart. That's how external revivals are birthed, is you have a person that has a heart on fire for God. And I was asking Pastor Cletty, that's one of the questions I had for him this last week, is I said, Pastor Cletty, you've been married 56 years. You've been in ministry longer than I've been born, than I've been alive. <clears throat> how do you stay on fire for God? He said, Phil, he said, I learned that I had to be more in love with God than what he called me to do. I had to love him more than what he has me doing in ministry. Because revival is birthed out of our heart. So we get it here first, and then it manifests. You see the fruit of it. And people, see, what you saw this, this morning in Lisa getting healed and anybody else getting healed is, in, is a church that has our heart postured toward heaven. We're expecting the Holy Spirit to come and to move and to do something. And so he has permission. Does that make sense? We give God permission in our life. Our faith gives him permission. If we believe something, then he has permission to work in that area. If we don't believe it, it stops him from being able to move. Man, that puts responsibility in, in us. We, ha we have a part in this. What, what I did when, when, I asked, when he asked me to preach on Friday, and man, I was so humbled, but I was so, so scared too. Because I mean, this is a pulpit that the last person I saw preach on this pulpit was Nathan Morris. I don't know if you know who Nathan Morris is. But man, that dude, 
He's like setting it on fire, man. You should look him up. But anyway, I, I, you know, and I said, extend your hands to me. I need you to pray. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to pray for me, and I'm going to receive it. I said, come on, pray in the spirit. Man, they started praying. <laughs> and I was like, "Woo! you guys pray good. All right, so the goodness of God, the goodness of God. How much time do we have left? Am I going too long? All right, the goodness of God. All right, so I, we're, we're living in a culture. I wanted to do this, and then I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. <clears throat> um, you know, we're living in a culture where there's tension, you know, with, with racism, with all these different issues, right? But we're also seeing, what we're not seeing reported to us is the goodness of God that's reflected in people. So I wanted to show you some pictures of some reflections of the goodness of God. Look at this guy holding an umbrella for a brother. Next one. What about the next one? It's the goodness of God. The goodness of God. That looks like goodness. So does that. So you're not hearing good news. Because they don't get ratings on good news. They get ratings on bad news. So here's, here's what I want to do. <clears throat> We're going to put a state, statement up on the screen. And I want to say this to you. It is true, God is only good. In my life, the goodness of God has given me what I didn't deserve. This is my testimony, and then I'm going to ask you to give yours. But my testimony is, is that God gave me what I didn't deserve. I didn't deserve his salvation. I didn't deserve a wonderful, beautiful, knockout, drop-dead, gorgeous, hot wife that God gave me. And an amazing, oh, don't laugh. Don't you dare laugh. That's real. That's real right there, baby. <laughs> and, and wonderful kids who are growing up to serve God with all their hearts. I didn't deserve that. But God didn't give me what I deserved. He gave me what he paid for. Mm, mm, mm. So here's what I want to do is, I, is I'm going to have Nicole stand up here with the microphone and I would like for you guys to come. Those of you that God puts it on your heart to come and I want you to share uh, your testimony of why God, the goodness of God has and okay, I don't want you to go back and tell your life story but what I want you to do is give a, give a headliner. Okay, this is the headline. Come on, guys like headlines. Yeah. Women like the details, I know, but, and you'll get an opportunity to share your story at another time. But I would like for you to come and line up here, and I would like you to share, I would like you to say this and tagline it with, your, with the testimony of how, why God has been good to you. So if that's you, I want you to go ahead and step out of your seat and come down here and Get in line. line Everybody's got a good word. Testimony. This is a testimony service. Come on, help service. us out. Help us come out. On. Come on, get in line. Come on down. Praise God. Come on, Russell. Is it true God is only good? In my life, the goodness of God has set me free. Dealt with shame and condemnation, just always, you know, believing that God forgave me, but not really uh, forgiving myself. And the cool thing about God is that he's not after you trying to earn 
his grace or acceptance. He wants your heart. And man, it was like a couple weeks ago. I can't, I can't remember. There was one Sunday, like we, like Zach invited everybody to come down and sit right there, but the, like he was thick. And I knew we were like, we were supposed to just wait. And so I was like, God, if you'll just, if you'll give the opportunity, I'll come and sit down. And he's like, all right. Zach said it. I came down. We stayed at the whole entire service, but man, it was so good. And but God set you free. Yeah. 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 This yeah. man's a free man yeah. right here. Yeah. Give him a heart. Glory to God. Set free. Set free. Is it true that God is only good in my life? The goodness of God has transformed my marriage. Um, like four years ago, me and Caleb, we kind of were at like crossroads and I didn't know that we were going to make it and God totally broke in with his goodness and I'm so in love with my husband today. So it's only the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Come on, more people get up in here. Get up here. Come on over here, girly. It is true, God is only good in my life and the goodness of God has brought me and all of my family healing. My mother just recently had her five years clean from prescription pills and I have never been more proud and he works on me every day through grief and loss and he gives all of us strength to help others persevere through it too. That's a good God I'm talking about. Hey, I, I believe you. Hey, what is God doing in your life? It is true. God is only good in my life. The goodness of God has proved faithful, even when I didn't think it would. Um, Katie and I have been on the road for this entire semester with Teen Pack Leadership Schools, and with that, we don't have any time to talk to each other. But before the season started, um, before worry could even set in, someone prophesied over us, eye contact with the Father equals eye contact with each other, meaning the more that we see Him, the more close we're going to feel with each other. And I wrote a verse, actually, as a vision, I think in January before we're going to leave, and it talks about, why would my soul grow weary? Don't be so downcast, oh my soul. Um, and just reading that now, after the season's over, after God has proved his faithfulness, after he's shown through the season that people told us we wouldn't make it through, but here we are, that he's just good. He's so good. Yes. God is good all the time. It is true, God is only good in my life. The goodness of God has given me power over my finances. It's hard sometimes to talk about this because I'm a CPA and we're supposed to be incredible with numbers, but I've made mistakes in my financial life. Some were not my fault, a lot of them were my fault. And you bargain with God and say, Lord, if you get my finances straight, I will start tithing and doing the things that I'm supposed to do and I realized that was backwards thinking. And I was, I, you know, the Lord really put it on my heart. And he said, can you trust me with 1%? Just 1%. You're not going to outgive me, I promise you. So I did the 1% and 2% and 3%. And glory to God, I'm up to 5 now. And I'm having faith that I'm going to get to 10. But what I will say is mathematically it doesn't make sense. But I've gone in that time period from a 600 credit rating to a 764 credit rating with about $15,000 worth of credit card debt to zero credit card debt. And I am now in line with a down payment ready to buy a home. So it mathematically makes no sense, but I promise you, you cannot outgive God. 
Stretch your hands out toward him and his family. Father, we call in that house. God, everything that they desire, we call in that forever house, Father, that they will use for your glory. God, you get the glory, you get the honor, the right place at the right time at the right price. We thank you, God, that you're not hiding it from them, you're hiding it for them. And you will reveal that to them and they will have favor, favor, favor in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, yeah. I love the scriptures that says, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. But he also says, all that I have need of, thy hand has already provided it. In everything, what do we need? His goodness has already provided it. He says back in Isaiah, I sent forth my word and I healed you. Jesus came and he said, I am the healer. I've provided it. All that you have need of, his goodness has provided it. We're standing here. Lance and Nancy are standing here today, but God. We were not feeling too good a couple of weeks ago, but God. Hallelujah. But God's goodness provided for our healing. Yes. And good we're here th- today. Yeah. So we get to give him glory. Good work. God is good. God is good. Come on, Emily. Bring it over here. Tell us about the goodness of God in your life. I'll hold the mic for you. It is true. God is only good in my life. The goodness of God has given me a second chance at life. March 18th, I was headed home from work at 5 o'clock in the morning, freezing rain, and there was an 18-wheeler parked facing the median, and I hit him at 65 miles an hour. I shouldn't have lived. But God saved me. There was an There was a gentleman that stopped just enough time not to hit me. He pulled on the other side of the semi, dragged me out of my car. Here you are, experiencing the goodness of God. The goodness of God in His presence is fullness of joy and the goodness, the goodness surrounding you, surrounding her. Yes, yes. Let's all... Let's all stand up together and give Jesus a hand. Come on, let's thank him for his goodness, his love, his mercy, his grace. God, we love you. Lord, we're so grateful. We're so thankful, God, for what you're doing in our lives. God, for the things that you've done, for the things that you're doing, and the things that you're about to do, that you're going to do in the future. Come on, I pray right now, Lord, over every person in this place, God, that we would not be blind to the goodness of God. Lord, that we would recognize the air that we breathe, the the rotation of the earth, Lord, the days where the sun comes up, or it doesn't, uh, or it comes up behind the clouds, God, that we know and understand the goodness that we're living in, that we're living in a wonderful day and time. So, Father, I just pray for every person here, God, that no matter what comes against them, no matter what happens in their life, whether they make a bad decision or whether they're attacked by the enemy, God, Lord, I thank you that we can look to you and we can experience your goodness in the midst of prayer.
problems in the midst of, of things that try to come against our life. Lord, I thank you that you have given us the victory, that that's your goodness is the victory of God to overcome. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.